Uh, well, good morning. Uh, I'm Pastor Steve. Thank you for joining us, whether you're here in person or joining us online. Uh, if you are just joining us, this is week three of a series, Change My Heart. Uh, if you'd like, you can listen to the first couple messages from our website, uh, newstantonchurch.com. The good news is each message in the series kind of stands on its own, uh, so you're not missing anything as we start today. This morning, I'm going to preach on my favorite character trait, grit. Uh, the word just sounds tough. Grit is defined as courage, resolve, strength of character, which is often seen under adversity. Uh, I titled this message True Grit because I like the movie. Uh, I actually like the new version done in 2010 with Jeff Bridges, Matt Damon, and Haley Steinfeld better than the original 1969 version. Uh, sorry, not sorry if you are a John Wayne fan. Uh, the new version is just better. Uh, all three actors in that movie that I mentioned display grit in one way or another as they pursue Tom Chaney, the killer of Maddie Ross's father. They face physical challenges, emotional trials, and character defects while bringing Chaney to justice. If you haven't seen the movie, uh, it's true grit and it's worth watching. Jesus told us, like in advance, right, that you will have trouble in this life. There will be, in other words, things we need to overcome. Grit is helpful. John 16, Jesus literally said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Overcoming trials through the power of the Holy Spirit takes grit and trust and patience in God's timing. Some people get overwhelmed and falter in their faith. Some people resign themselves to their circumstances and quit trying to overcome. Jesus spoke truth, amen? Life can be challenging. But overcoming is a real possibility with Jesus. He has overcome the world. So where are you tempted to throw in the towel? What do you feel isn't worth the effort? Are you tired of fighting for a relationship? Is there a dream in your heart that you're not sure is really worth the cost? Are you feeling defeated because you have tried and tried to overcome a habit or an addiction? Have you given up the hope that your child will ever go to bed at a decent hour? <laughs> Parents, are there days that you are at the end of your rope? This message is for those of you who feel like there is nothing left in the tank. Scripture encourages us to keep the faith and keep on keeping on. Hebrews 10 is a beautiful snapshot. It says, 
So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. In other words, God is going to show up in the midst of the fight, and he's going to make all the difference in the world. Don't lose your confidence or your hope in him. Now, you might be thinking, you know what? I've been gritting it out for a while, Pastor Steve, and in just a little while, like, are you kidding me? I'm tired. Just a little while ended a little while ago. Like the ship is sinking, the plane's going down, the car is about ready to go off the cliff. In my walk with Jesus, I've noticed God rarely shows up early. Amen? Anybody else testify to that? God rarely shows up early. You know, like when I want him to. He always seems two weeks late and right on time. It's at the moment when God seems late in coming that we need the Holy Spirit to work grit in us. Let's pray again this morning. Father, we ask that your word would speak life and power into what sometimes God is our weary souls. So that when we have truly done the will of God, we will receive what you promised. God, we know that happens in your timing. Help us to have true grit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Uh, there is a, a doctor, Angela Lee Duckworth, who wrote a book titled Grit, uh, The Power of Passion and Perseverance. And she and her team studied why certain people succeeded and some did not. The combination of passion and perseverance. In other words, the grit, that was the, the magic juice that made dreams a reality. In fact, grit was more of a factor in success than intelligence. They discovered that someone's IQ was not as important as their AQ. AQ, you ask? Yes, someone's adversity quotient. Or the ability to stick with something in the face of difficulty. So the question is, what is God calling you to? How bad do you want it? Will you stick with it Till the end. What are you willing to endure to get or accomplish the goal that God has called you to? That is grit. This morning, we're going to look at an Old Testament story from the book of Joshua, the sixth chapter. I'm going to start with verse 1. Now, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, 
along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Make seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, make the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go straight up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and make seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forwards, blowing their trumpets. And the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. The people of Israel had been to the promised land once before. Do you remember? Forty years earlier, 12 spies went into Cana. And all of them except Joshua and Caleb said the same thing. It's impossible. The people are too big. The walls are too high. We can't take this land. Only Joshua and Caleb said to Moses, we've got this. We serve a big God. Like, we've got this. They had grit. Since that time, the people of Israel have wandered in the desert for 40 years. Caleb and Joshua were with the rest of those people waiting for God to do what God called them to do 40 years earlier. So now here they are again, in front of a city in Cana with imposing walls that is all shut up. We're told no one's going in and no one's coming out. Yet God is proclaiming that he has given them the city. I think we can discern a couple things from this account that potentially can undermine trust in God and grit that we need. It did the first time around, and it could again as they stand before Jericho if they don't trust God and have grit. Here's, here's a couple of lessons. Number one, if our perception is limited, we are tempted to bail on the plans of God. Jericho wasn't a huge city. Uh, the people of Israel probably could have walked around it in about an hour. So it's not the size that's intimidating. It's that the walls were high, 
and thick. Have you ever sensed in your soul the leading of God to do something? But you find yourself like literally like at a wall in your spirit. It's some obstacle. And you're not sure if you can overcome that to accomplish what you're sure God is calling you to do. That's exactly where the Israelites are at. And they've been here before. And now, as they approach the promised land for the second time, they come face to face with the wall. Can you relate? Maybe you want to get out of debt, and then your car breaks down. Or you want your family to be a family that honors Jesus and attends worship, but then your son or daughter gets an invite to join a traveling league. You, you know Jesus wants you to take better care of yourself and establish better habits, but it's almost Easter, <laughs> or it's almost Christmas, or somebody's birthday, or football season. There is never a good time and never a better time than right now. Why is it every time we start walking into the plans of God, there seems to be some impossible wall in front of us? Because our enemy always opposes God and his plans. But the obstacle is the way. It only seems like a barrier that can't be overcome if our perception is limited. Faith moves mountains. Nothing is impossible with God. It takes grit to trust him at his word and move. Joshua 6.1 shows us the obstacle that was in front of the people. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one was going in and no one came out. In other words, Israel, you are not getting in this city. You're not taking it. Verse 2 shows us that the obstacle is the way. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men, to which a normal, rational person would say, No, <laughs> that's not what I'm seeing here. I'm seeing that no one's going in and no one's going out. It's locked up tight. That does not tell me that you have given me the city. That says to me, I'm not getting in there. But this is an opportunity to trust God in the face of the obstacle. God speaks as if the obstacle has already been cleared. Because God speaks from a different perspective than we see. God, the Lord is the only person who can speak what will be before it's a present reality. So what God says about us, our life, our family, our future, will always be different than what we currently see and experience. Because he speaks from an eternal perspective, not from the limited one we see. God might tell you you're healed when you still feel ill. 
God might say, you are blessed when you still feel cursed. God might say, you are an overcomer when we feel overcome every single day. You see, it's the gap. It's the gap between where we are and where God promises will be that messes with our heads. But it's also the moment we need to display true grit. I'm not sure why Joshua does this, but Joshua doesn't tell the rest of the people that God said the walls were coming down on day seven. God told Joshua that, but when Joshua told the people what to do, he didn't say, and on day seven, all the walls are going to just crumble down and you're going to go right up in. Instead, he tells them to march around the city and keep their mouths shut. In seminary, my Old Testament professor guessed that the reason Joshua did that was because the first time Moses and the people went to the promised land, the people complained and moaned, and it spread like wildfire throughout the people. And by the time they finally got to the promised land, they had no spit or grit left. They had already talked themselves out of it. The miracles they had seen in Egypt and on the journey, the the, the plagues, the crossing of the Red Sea on dry ground, the manna from heaven didn't matter anymore. So this time, Joshua isn't taking any chances about letting the people talk. If my professor is correct. There's a valuable lesson there. We need to guard how we speak because we can talk ourselves out of having the trust and the grit to accomplish the plans that God is calling us to accomplish. The voices, you know what I'm talking about, the voices in our head The doubts, the fears, the flaming arrows of the enemy can be counterproductive to godly grit. We need to guard our self-talk and speak God's truth instead. Another thing that I think can undermine trust and grit as we seek to walk into God's plan is we often fail to see the incremental Progress of obedience as progress. A step of faith is a step of faith in the right direction. I don't care. Believing that what God has spoken will come to pass is a step of faith. It's progress. A lap around the city, even if nothing visible happens, is still obedience. Even keeping your mouth shut, (laughs) when God says to keep your mouth shut, is a step of obedience in Jesus' name. Oh, the grief that could have been spared if we would have just followed the Spirit's leading and kept our mouths shut. Amen? I don't know about you, but if I was a soldier marching around the city once a day, while somebody played the trumpet, I would kind of think that was pointless. 
These were soldiers, not members of the marching band. They came for battle. They came to stack bodies, not listen to music and march in circles. But they were doing what God told them to do, and that's progress. Well, nothing happens for six days. They, they didn't even see a little crack forming in the wall, like nothing happened. God told Joshua this was going to be a seven-day stint, but Joshua didn't tell the people. I don't know about you, but I get frustrated when I don't see any progress and I'm working hard. There's no end in sight. I, I get anxious. I get uneasy. I want something to happen. It is so much easier to honor God when you see things move. It's easier to stay on course when things pay off. But incremental progress of obedience is progress. Even some of you folks who are single could, like, maintain your purity and integrity. Like, if you knew in six months God was going to bless you with a smoking hot spouse, right? I mean, wouldn't that be easy? Or some people have problems tithing. Well, if you knew that tithing in, in that same six-month period that God was going to open the floodgates of heaven and you would be so much better off, it would be easier to tithe, wouldn't it? We could be more patient with someone who is struggling with depression if we knew it was going to lift in October. We can often muster the grit to stick it out when we see God at work, when we can see the progress. But when we fail to see the incremental progress of simply being obedient as real progress, it gets hard. It's in those seasons that God builds our faith the most. You see, God is often doing something in us long before what we we see what he has planned for us. Let me say that again because I'm preaching better than you're letting me know. God is often doing something in us long before we see what God has planned for us. Amen? That's good. Keep the faith. Grit it out. Take the towel that you were about ready to throw in and wipe the blood and the sweat and the tears off your face and keep circling that wall. You may be much closer to a breakthrough than you think. He is a God who leads to the promised land. He is a God who does miracles. I, I want to close with a story of a lady named Florence Chadwick. And Florence Chadwick is the woman who swam the English Channel both ways for the first time. And in 1952, she decided to swim between the coast of California and Catalina Island. It was like a 15 or 17-hour swim. 15 hours into the swim, a heavy fog set in, and she lost her bearings and couldn't find her way. 
She was confused. She was exhausted. Your mind in those situations really starts to play tricks on you. She wanted to quit and get in the boat. But her team kept saying, keep swimming, keep swimming. She stopped. And it wasn't until she got in the boat that she could actually hear the people on shore cheering her on. She quit less than a half mile from her goal. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but God brought you here. God brought you online to hear this message, to hear the message, don't quit. You never know how close you are to the goal God called you to. Hebrews 10 again. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, you, you never know how close that little while is. He who is coming will come and he will not delay. Grit. What would have happened if the Israelites, those soldiers said, you know what? I don't see a crack. I didn't sign up to join the marching band. I'm quitting after day one or day two or day three. You see what I'm getting at? The walls of Jericho would have never come down. They wouldn't have entered the promised land again. Our perception is so limited. And we often don't see that the incremental progress of obedience is, in fact, progress. If you're discouraged, if you're wondering where God is at, if you're wondering if you heard him correctly, I came to tell you, don't quit. He may be closer, you may be closer than what you think. Tell your feelings, those voices in your head, to keep their mouth shut. Keep following God till the walls come down. He hears, he sees, and he is always good. He moves mountains and brings walls down. Let's pray. God, as we come into your presence, we're going to worship, we're going to sing. But God, we want to we proclaim as we worship that we're going to take another lap, that we're going to keep circling whatever that is, God, that you have called us to, whatever that we've been praying would crumble, whatever we have been promised, God, we're going to take another lap. We're going to take that towel. We're going to wipe our face off. We're going to keep circling. We're going to keep being obedient. And God, as we stand, as we worship, God, in our spirits, we're marching around the walls, just eagerly anticipating, God, seeing you work. Keep us faithful, God. Give us true grit. And all God's people said, amen. Let's stand and worship him.